Welcome to Let It Grow Investing, the financial investing and small business podcast that is not run by a professional investor. I am Jeff, and thank you for stopping by. We're going to cover all the news you need to know to make sense of the market, helping you get invested, stay the course, and on your way to financial freedom. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the podcast, and thanks, as always, for joining me. Uh, We've got uh, a good amount of information to cover today on what's going on out there in uh, the market world and what's going on in the economy. Uh, So we're going to be looking at a couple different things uh, that are really making headlines right now. Some NVIDIA, Tesla news. After we were covering those kind of in-depth on uh, Monday's episode, we uh, saw those kind of trade off and uh, start to rally back a little bit on Tuesday with the broader market. And uh, ultimately, you know, be a little bit shaky here on Wednesday. So we're going to see why that is. We're going to look into what Powell is saying now and uh, really where we go from here as far as what we're going to expect for rate hikes. And uh, also, we're going to be looking at some other EV news and really what's going on out there that's uh, driving a couple different stocks higher, um, you know, today on the uh, the 28th. So uh, I guess first up, we'll we'll take a look over there at uh, Nvidia and Tesla. But I did want to mention, if you are looking to get started, uh, please go ahead and use the links in the description to help get you going. Uh, we are doing the investing challenge over there on Webull. There's a link for that. I do the majority of my investing on E-Trade. There's a link for that as well, as well as some crypto platforms that I use. Uh, if you need a little bit more uh, help getting going or getting on track, feel free to reach out for some uh, financial coaching as well. But uh, yeah, that being said, uh, we were talking NVIDIA and Tesla on Monday. Now we were saying, or I was saying that uh, I was thinking they were getting to be at that point where it's too uh, overvalued, really. A little little too much uh, euphoria in those names. Uh, really in NVIDIA for me, I didn't really see that uh, You know, there was much room to run higher. I thought it was going to pause. Uh, you know, maybe pull back a little bit. That's kind of what we're seeing. You know, that's uh, kind of the trend right now. And uh, that's okay. Uh, this one has had, what, 150% run in the course of the past six months. And it has just been a massive, uh, you know, move higher with AI and chat GPT. And uh, ultimately, um, one article I was reading was uh, saying that uh, with the uh, downfall in NVIDIA on Monday, uh, basically blame Tesla. And uh, I really don't, let me let me go ahead and pull this one up. I really did not see this being uh, a direct correlation, but they were kind of saying that, uh, well, Tesla is going to be valued as an AI stock right now. And the fact that Tesla went down is going to bring NVIDIA down. I don't really see it like that, or I didn't on Monday, but uh, now I'm seeing today that Elon is, uh, you know, propping up their dojo AI and really saying that is that's going to be their next hundred billion dollar business. So uh, I did say that Tesla's got more levers to pull as far as autonomy, AI, uh, you know, battery tech, and everything else that they're doing. Uh, I don't know if that was really already known to a lot of other people. I'm, I'm sure it was, and I just was not uh, aware of this dojo uh, talk from Elon. But uh, it did trade down on Monday with Tesla. Now. Um, you know, going forward, we saw on Tuesday the market uh, really rallied back, and uh, you know, I think the Nasdaq was down five or six days straight, and uh, it kind of felt like we were giving back some of these gains that we were, we were really working so hard to to get to. It felt like it had been a while before 
uh, everything really rallied. We saw a couple of those names really run higher. Uh, you know, the, the S&P 7, as a couple people have said, where you've got uh, Alphabet, Amazon, Apple, uh, Tesla, NVIDIA running higher with a couple other names. But um, we hadn't really seen the whole market uh, move higher. So this is definitely nice to see that uh, the NASDAQ overall had kind of recovered on Tuesday. Uh, here on uh, on Wednesday, we're a little bit shaky again, right? Now, that has to do with uh, Jerome Powell coming out and saying uh, on, well, this is on, on Yahoo Finance, uh, he won't take two consecutive rate hikes off the table. So we could potentially be getting another two rate hikes, which we kind of already knew. We knew that from his last speech. I don't know that we knew that they were going to be consecutive. I don't really know that it matters as to when the spacing is. I would almost assume for me, I, I think it's better to get the two done, raise them, and and you know see what uh, what happens by the end of the year instead of saying, hey, we'll we'll pause right now, we'll potentially raise in August, and then you know we're going to wait and see and potentially raise in November. I would be uh, more on the, the side of, hey, get the job done, let things cool down, try to get rid of inflation for, for you know, once and for all, uh, you know, don't have to do what Turkey did and raise 650 basis points. Uh, you know, we're seeing some different things out of the UK where they raise 50 basis points. And, uh, you know, there's just a lot of unknowns as far as what the inflation thing is. And we're ultimately thinking, hey, it might rear its ugly head again. And I would just like to see that this is done, right? Let the Fed do what they're going to do. The consumer strong. That was part of the rally on Tuesday is that we had uh, a lot of consumer sentiment saying that everyone felt like we were going to, uh, you know, a, a lot more people in prior months said that we were going to enter into a recession, right? Now that number has come down a bit and uh, people are feeling confident. There's uh, enough jobs out there. There's enough income out there. Uh, yes, we're we're getting used to the fact that uh, you know money costs a little bit more. Interest rates are at that you know six and three quarter percent roughly, and uh, I think everyone's kind of digesting all of that. So we're we're still feeling comfortable. Uh, I think with the market rallying as much as it did on Tuesday, ultimately I think Powell had to come out and say, "Hey, don't get you know too far forward on those skis. Understand that uh, we're still got a job to do here." And we're going to slow this thing down if you uh, like it or not. So I think there's definitely, uh, you know, him trying to uh, kind of rein people in by some uh, some rhetoric. And then ultimately, if they've got to go ahead and raise rates because this inflation number just won't stop, people just keep spending, keep buying. Uh, I think that's what they're going to have to do. So, uh, you know, a, a firm stance on saying that, hey, we've got to do what we've got to do. And, uh, you know, and then if we actually have to follow through with that word, um, you know, then so be it. But I think that hawkish tone is certainly something to say, uh, don't uh, don't keep investing because we're going to crash this market. We're going to bring it back down. We're going to, uh, you know, really make things tougher out there for everyone. And uh, normally the NASDAQ gets, uh, you know, hit a little bit harder by these rate hikes as they need that money to, to grow oftentimes, right? So, uh, I guess definitely take all that into consideration as to what your timeline looks like on investing. Uh, I know for me, I did add a little bit here and there, um, you know, with some of that money that uh, I got out of Blackstone. And uh, I know I added to Google, which is, uh, 
I, I think I had said that I really wasn't looking to buy too much in the way of tech stocks. That one still seems to have some value left on the table for me. Um, I'm, I know that it's run up a good bit with uh, the rest of the big tech names, but uh, I really do believe that Google has a uh, a good uh, you know path ahead of them to uh, keep generating money, and they really haven't had the run that other names have. So I was fine with buying that one. I'm still looking for other names that uh, really make sense out there. And um, I guess we can go over to the uh, investing challenge and really take a look at uh, some of the names that I was looking at for this week and really try to wrap up like where my head's at when I'm looking at these names right now. Uh, I had mentioned that I really wasn't looking to get into too much tech or at least at overvalued tech. Uh, that is already a large portion of my portfolio. My top 10 names are, are very tech-based, uh, either from the fact that they've run that much or I believe in them that much. I was looking at my portfolio in Broadcom uh, as one of the ones that I've been in for a long, long time. And uh, it's been a silent winner for me. And somehow it just kind of keeps creeping up. And uh, I know that it's not at the peak right now. But uh, when I'm looking over at Broadcom, AVGO, they are that uh, semiconductor chip company. And uh, a quiet one, right? I don't think they're going to get the the same, um, you know, following that uh, Nvidia or AMD or some of the other ones Taiwan Semi is going to get. And uh, you know, they're sitting at eight forty six ninety. And uh, man, it doesn't seem like that long ago when I, you know, I think my cost basis on this one is in like the two hundred range. Uh, the PE is at a twenty six. I think it's getting a little ahead of itself. Uh, we're still getting about a 2% dividend. Originally, when I was getting in this one, I think my my dividend yield was somewhere around 4%. So it was undervalued. Then it took off. It, it cut that dividend down. Uh, they are constantly raising this dividend, but it cannot keep up with the performance of the stock. Uh, so this is still one that I'm, I'm definitely long-term. Uh, I'm going to try to hold on to this one as long as I can. But I know that there's some other values out there and some other names that uh, some people don't necessarily think about when you are thinking about technology names. So I, I think that you can certainly dollar cost average into the uh, the large you know, S&P 7 that we were kind of referring to uh, earlier. And uh, there's some other names that are out there that still make sense, right? It's not simply just, uh, hey, avoid tech at all costs. Uh, I do definitely see some uh, you know, upside in some of these names. And uh, even in the names that I don't think that there's too much upside in, uh, you know, whether it be NVIDIA or uh, I guess Tesla in the short term, I think that if you hold on to those long enough, you're going to be safe. But uh, I, I wouldn't go all in on anything like that right now, in my humble opinion. But uh, that's just simply my opinion. So, uh, yeah, I guess what am I looking at for week 27? And uh, as far as our investing challenge, so I did go ahead and buy Enphase, right? We bought that on Monday. Uh, I think it's moved up a little bit. I think we bought it around 159. And where are we right now on Enphase? Uh, sitting around 160 and uh, 20 cents right now. So up a buck. Uh, but uh, yeah, for week 27, I was looking at five different names, right? And the theme here was really uh, safety. I'll say safety. And if we're going to uh, be building more houses as we saw housing starts go up in May from, you know, we were expecting 1.4 million. We had a number like 1.6 and some change actually come in for uh, homes that were started. I thought, you know, maybe some of these different homemakers are, or home builders are going to have a uh, better than expected quarter. 
Uh, so not in any particular order. I'm going out of order, actually. Uh, one of the first names that I added for week 27 was uh, Meritage Homes, and that ticker is MTH. Uh, one of the smaller uh, home builders, and uh, they do have uh, you know, a lot of different housing sites in areas that I thought would make sense. Uh, Florida, Texas, the Carolinas, Colorado. Uh, they did have California. There was some Middle America names mixed in there as well. Uh, so I definitely liked the the mix of where they were building and um, you know some of the prospects for the company. Uh, some of the other ones, I think they were just a little bit too large and, and didn't really leave too much upside. So uh, we'll say that number one was Meritage Homes. Uh, I'm going to go off of that, I'm going to say number two was going to be Lowe's. And that is uh, currently in a tie um, with public storage. Now, Lowe's, I was looking at for all the people that are going to be staying in place, right? There's not a lot of inventory out there when it comes to uh, pre-owned homes. A lot of people are leaning into that new homes market. And that's why the uh, the home builders are actually pretty much already at the, you know, the high end of where they have been trading for the past uh, 52 weeks. But uh, there's going to be a lot of people staying in place, right? So I think that is going to be, um, you know, people are going to continue to remodel. People are going to continue to fix broken things or upgrade, update. And uh, I think for a lot of people, Lowe's is going to be the company where you can can definitely get that done. Uh, so that one was on there. I think that uh, as far as Lowe's goes, I think the... Um, the PE ratio made sense here. It might have been trending a little bit high. I, I'm not uh, exactly remembering it verbatim here, but uh, I think we're you know, we're sitting at 22.3. Uh, I believe it was a discount to their five year average, but uh, you can definitely take that uh, take a look at that on Reuters quarterly dividend around uh, almost two percent, we'll call it, and uh, just one that should benefit from people getting back out there. Uh, and upgrading their homes. I, I think that we're going to see a trend in that uh, continue, right? I think that is definitely a, a strong uh, business and uh, they're definitely more geared towards the uh, the homeowner, the DIYer, where Home Depot has definitely got more of that commercial sales uh, that they are really trying to drive more of that commercial uh, business as well. But uh, then we said uh, this one was tied with public storage, PSA. Uh, public storage. I was thinking, hey, you know, if uh, people are moving, they've probably got to, uh, you know, get some stuff out of the house, you know, declutterize, put it in storage, uh, get it out of the way until their new home is finished, right? So I thought maybe that uh, public storage would give us uh, one, they've got a decent yield, right? It's about 4.15%. The PE sitting at 12.3, low beta, it's at a 0. 0.7. And uh, I believe there was a decent amount of upside on this one when I looked at the analyst research here. Um, about 15%. So, you know, you add that in with that, uh, 4% dividend, you're around 19% upside. And, uh, I think it's a name that should be fairly safe, right? With that low beta, that is going to mean less volatility. Anything under one should be less volatile. Uh, it's a REIT. So it, it is going to pay you out uh, a decent dividend. And, uh, just one that I thought could really benefit our portfolio when we're not looking to get into tech, right? So if we're not looking to get into tech, we want a balanced approach. Uh, I think something like a REIT or, uh, you know, have some uh, different materials companies in there, uh, some home builders or, or whatever you're really looking at, whatever uh, stocks really strike your fancy, right? These are just some ideas that I had. So I thought that this one could be good for the uh, the current market 
And, uh, you know, if we're not moving into a bigger house and we're still buying more stuff as we're seeing, uh, you know, the consumers do, uh, maybe some of that stuff's got to go into storage or maybe, you know, maybe it goes to the landfill. I'm not too sure. But uh, hopefully uh, public storage should uh, benefit from this trend where people are doing a lot of moving or trying to, uh, you know, get rid of some things, clean out some stuff. And uh, I definitely think that that should be uh, continue to be a strong business. So uh, we've got, uh, what do we got here? We've got uh, Meritage, Lowe's, public storage. Uh, the, the fourth one here is restoration hardware. And um, this one is going to be a higher end uh, home furnishings company. So when I'm looking at this one, I'm thinking, you know, uh, the luxury market, is always going to be strong with people are, are going to be remodeling and uh you know they want premium goods you might not be able to get the premium goods uh you know just off the shelf at lowe's or home depot where you can get some higher end uh you know lighting packages or fixtures or or anything else uh from restoration hardware so uh they, they go by rh now i don't even know if they go by restoration hardware anymore i think they just uh strictly went to rh but um yeah, I'm on the website now. I haven't actually done this, but uh, they've, you know, living, dining, bed, bath, lighting, textile, uh, textiles, rugs, windows, decor, outdoor. Uh, so they've got a lot of different things here. I, I know that the uh, the uh, showrooms or stores are, are like a showroom and, uh, you know, very high end, uh, nice features and uh, really, you know, just well decorated type of uh, space here. So uh, for that, I always think that the luxury market is going to remain strong, right? If things are weak out there and they think that they can get something done cheaper, they're going to spend the money on upgrading their house. If the market's doing really well and they're making a killing, um, you know, they're going to upgrade their house. So I don't know that there's ever really a lull in, in luxury living. Uh, maybe some of the people who are trying to upgrade, uh, you know, that are more middle-class that want to have a, 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 decent set of light package in their house or whatever, they might not be going there as much. So that could definitely hurt them, right? That's a potential risk. But uh, overall, I think that this is a, a very strong company that uh, really hasn't gotten uh, enough credit out there sometimes, right? Uh, I can definitely take a look here. But uh, I know that the, uh, the five-year returns on restoration hardware has been very strong. So when I'm looking at uh, other names that just make sense, um, you know, in, in that luxury space, right? We're going to see names like Ferrari continue to move higher because there is a waiting list and it's, you know, very uh, prestigious to, to be able to afford these things. And uh, I think that both businesses are going to cater to that luxury type market. So when I'm looking at Reuters, um, what is the five-year return now that I put it out there? Um, you know, I'm not actually seeing a five-year return on this one. Uh, I'll try to find it here for you. But uh, again, this one I just think should uh, continue to do well from the trend of, you know, people really looking to upgrade their homes, uh, enjoy their living space. And, uh, you know, should some of these uh, new homes have some uh, more luxury features, they might be buying product from here. Uh, or might be upgrading right after they move in. If they, uh, you know, just have a bunch of stuff they don't like, maybe they go ahead and upgrade uh, on their own from uh, from RH. So that is my thought here. And uh, the, they do have some earnings that are projected to be slowing, but uh, they are 
let me take a look here. We've got uh, trailing PEs at a 19, forward is at a 26, but those uh, those earnings are coming down a bit, and that is forecasted. That's pretty well uh, cooked in at this point. So I'm thinking that this one could do all right going forward. So that was, uh, we'll call that one number four. Uh, number five was going to be Kellogg's. And uh, again, you know, this is a, definitely a consumer staple company that is going to have a lot of different uh, items when it comes to, you know, food and drink and, uh, you know, cereals and, and, and everything like that. So uh, again, this one had a, a higher payout ratio than I initially saw when I was looking at this one. So that number kind of scared me. Uh, but uh, overall, I do believe that these companies should continue to do well as they are a necessity item, consumer staple. And uh, they might not uh, make you rich overnight, but I think they are going to be a, uh, a decent way to to park some money. And uh, you know, if it doesn't really return, I don't really think we're going to have a major sell-off in a company like Kellogg's. Uh, so we uh, have uh, about a 3.5% dividend yield on Kellogg's. Uh, the ticker is K. And uh, analyst research, uh, about 11.25% of upside here on, on K. So uh, you put that together with that 3.5% dividend yield, you're somewhere around 15% uh, on upside on this one. So uh, that's what I had on those uh, five names. That's kind of where I'm looking, kind of where my head's at when it comes to uh, different names that are out there and really where we could potentially be looking for some for some safety, uh, but also looking to follow some of the different trends that are out there, right? I don't simply just want to tuck it in something that isn't going to go anywhere uh, simply to say that it's safe. Um, I'm looking for something that is going to be safe, give us some opportunity, and also you know not expose us too much to uh, those growth stocks that could potentially get hit by uh, rate hikes, uh, the cost of capital being higher, and uh, just overall being in a bubble when it comes to all the names that have really run up with AI talks. And uh, that list is very long and increasing day by day as everyone's uh, really trying to become an AI company. So uh, these should be a little bit safer in that regard. I think that uh, they might not make you rich overnight. But uh, we don't need all of our stocks to 10x tomorrow. I think it is definitely nice to have some some stocks that can definitely help you sleep better at night. And uh, I definitely think that these five uh, could certainly do that. Uh, some more than others. Some are going to have a little bit more risk just from the cyclicality of the business and, and home building. Uh, but uh, overall, I do feel that they are going to be safer to invest in right now than some of these high-flying tech names. So that's uh, that's currently my thoughts on that. But uh, I'm going to take a quick break and I will be right back. All right, guys, we are back here on the podcast. And uh, again, if you need to, some help uh, getting started, I do have links in the description. And uh, if you have not yet voted for the investing challenge for week 27, those five stocks we just covered, uh, get over to Let It Grow Investing on Facebook to get your votes in. We are currently in a tie and I want to see that get uh, changed up here as well. So I would definitely appreciate you uh, going over there and getting uh, getting your votes in for the week. But uh, yeah, so now going forward, um, I did want to talk about uh, some other things in that EV space, right? We were looking at um, you know the Tesla charging and the fact that GM, Ford, and uh, Rivian were now going to be able to use those twelve thousand uh, Tesla supercharging stations, and uh, you know with an adapter that would help them plug in. Uh, with that Tesla style plug. Now, 
We've got, uh, uh, I guess, Lucid is going to be uh, giving their or uh, getting a equity stake in Aston Martin. Uh, and I believe it's a couple hundred million dollars for their battery tech to be used in Aston Martin vehicles. So that is definitely uh, helping uh, Lucid uh, today. Uh, we've definitely seen them trade down on uh, you know a lot of the different fears that are out there right now. Uh, one of those other fears being that Lordstown Motors just filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. And uh, I believe uh, with Lordstown, I believe GM still had a stake in that. That might be incorrect. But uh, when I'm looking at uh, ticker ride, R-I-D-E, that is Lordstown. Uh, they are down about 8.73%. So we are seeing other EV makers move up higher on this news, right? Less competition for, uh, you know, the other EV names that are still going to be around. So, uh, you know, Lordstown Motors, EPS of minus $23.70. They were just hemorrhaging money. Uh, they don't have enough money to keep on going. So this is where those rate hikes are going to come into play. If they do have to borrow more money, it is generally going to be at a higher rate with uh, more interest rate hikes. So uh, they are going to be uh, you know, filing for Chapter 11. And ultimately, that makes these other names move higher. So uh, the fact that uh, Lucid made this deal on, uh, I believe, Monday to get uh, their battery tech into Aston Martins, that helped them Monday. I believe they closed last week at a low, uh, and then they started rebounding. I believe about ten percent on Monday on that deal. And now the fact that uh, you know they've got uh, a little bit less competition out there, they're moving up another five percent today. Uh, so that has definitely been helpful here uh, on the twenty third. Yeah, they were down around five forty seven. Now we're sitting at six dollars and forty three cents. So definitely moving up. Uh, but still a painful stock to be in. They are, you know, near the bottom of their 52 week range. Um, you know, I guess that was set on the 23rd. So definitely painful out there in the short term for them where they're at right now, but it does look like some things on the horizon should get them some more cash, uh, some more business and, uh, you know, another way to sell their vehicles or their technology without directly, uh, selling all their cars, right? They're going to be getting, uh, that deal from Aston Martin to really give their battery tech uh, into that luxury segment. So that should also help them greatly. Uh, and I believe that they had the the highest uh, mile range on an EV platform right now. I believe the, the Lucid Air uh, Dream was that about 500 and some miles, I believe. Uh, so that one was that, uh, you know, kind of top of the tier, uh, you know, as far as the range is concerned, uh, still a lot of power out of those cars. Uh, remarkably fast, and uh, now we're going to see what Aston Martin can do with that uh, that power and that technology as well. So that is certainly uh, something to see where these businesses go. Right again, you know, we were talking about Tesla. A lot of people just saying it is simply just an automotive company, but uh, you know, then they flip that switch for AI. Now, if they decide to sell the the batteries or the technology on that to other manufacturers. That could certainly be a way to go. Uh, you know, there's a lot of other things that are on four wheels that aren't automotives, right? We could see, you know, outdoor vehicles, uh, recreational vehicles, um, you know, have some battery tech in them. We could see, you know, farm equipment have more battery tech in them. Is John Deere, Caterpillar, uh, you know, all these smaller, uh, small engine makers, are they going to simply just have the battery tech there? 
or are they going to adopt it from someone else to try to build out that side of the business? And uh, you know, we don't really know yet. So it could certainly be a way for a lot of these companies to to really grow and really uh, you know have another path forward simply than just being the uh, you know, the end all be all of EVs uh, could kind of be like what Honda is now, right? We've got Honda vehicles, but we've also got Honda outdoor equipment, Honda, you know, generators, Honda, uh, you know, lawnmowers and, and, you know, this, that, the other. So it could certainly be a case where someone runs away with that, uh, you know, that top spot of being the battery tech provider for all things that are on wheels or all things that need power. And that is a growing, growing list with the amount of things that uh, really need that bat better battery tech. So I'm interested to see where this Lucid deal goes. I'm super interested to see how this EV market, the actual vehicles kind of change up. And uh, definitely see uh, interested to see where Tesla goes from here as well. As I said, they're looking to get into that, uh, that AI segment again with their Dojo platform. And um, That'll certainly be something uh, that's definitely interesting to see as well. Now, we are hearing some talk from, uh, what is it, the SEC saying that uh, we don't want to have, uh, or they're going to crack down more on these AI chips going to China. Uh, so if that does happen, that was uh, another reason that, uh, that uh, NVIDIA did sell off as well, is the fact that uh, there is some uncertainty as to how many uh, chipsets are going to be able to sell around the world if we keep getting these uh, restrictions on what can be exported to China. So NVIDIA is down about $7.35 on the day, uh, down to about 411 And, um, you know, that is certainly going to be, uh, I guess I'll just check AMD too. That is certainly going to be the next headline as to what could potentially go wrong with some of these stocks. AMD down barely, only about a tenth of a percent. Uh, Tesla, just for good measure, we'll take a look here. And uh, they are up about 2.5%. Now, I did see something that uh, was saying that the uh, the Tesla-style plug is really going to be the uh, the new standard. And uh, I believe ChargePoint is actually adopting that plug as well. Uh, so ChargePoint is up today on the fact that they are uh, you know, jumping into that mix, going to be providing plugs that are going to be more universal, at least in the uh, U.S. I believe Australia is on the CCS plug, uh, which I believe is a charge point plug. I'm not too sure about that. But uh, yeah, so a lot of different things going on here. Yeah, charge points up about 5.8%. I'm not sure if I said that or not. But um, a, a lot of different changes going on here in the EV space, in the battery space. Uh, AI, you know, we could certainly get some more restrictions. Uh, NVIDIA was saying first off that they were not going to be uh, notably affected by uh, sales when it came to this restriction going to uh, to China, but um, I think it's certainly got to be something that they are are uh, looking at, right? It says the warning of lost opportunities if U.S. bans AI chip exports to uh, to China. Uh, but it, in the next article from Market Watch, uh, said that their stock falls after CEO says no material impact from prospective wider ban on AI chip sales to China. So a, a lot of different things here going on that are certainly noteworthy. Um, and again, right, I, I definitely want to see people be prepared for this when it comes to what you're investing in, right? Um, so you certainly want to take uh, you know, some of these different uh, things that are on sale and, and really make a, a watch list, really make a buy list of what you want to buy 
and at what price you want to buy it. Uh, I certainly do not think that chasing NVIDIA, uh, you know, when it's at 430, after this 150 point or percent run, is a smart move. I think you certainly want to say, hey, I want to buy NVIDIA, but when does it make sense to buy it? And uh, be patient, you know, sit on your hands if you have to. Don't click the buy button or, uh, you know, look to buy something else or simply dollar cost average. And, and Webull is good for that, right? Uh, you know, with uh, NVIDIA shares being, you know, $411, uh, maybe you only want to buy $100 at a time, you know, 100 bucks a, a month or uh, hundred, you know, every quarter. Uh, so certainly take a look at your options. If you want to do the fractional share investing, the link for Webull is in the description. And that is one of the, the benefits of having a company that you can do fractional share investing in. Uh, it does get hard to dollar cost average on something like Broadcom when those shares are in the 800 range or NVIDIA when they're in the 400 range. Uh, certainly it was di more difficult with uh, Amazon and uh, Google when they were in that 2000, 3000 range. So uh, Webull does give a lot of uh, you know options as far as how you want to invest by allowing fractional share investing. So, um, but yeah, I think uh, I think that's about it for me right now. That uh, pretty much is the the headlines of the day. What I'm seeing out there, really, where I think I want to put some money. Uh, we've definitely got some things to cover for next time. It's going to be. Uh, a little bit more on that energy side of things. I think that a lot of these energy stocks really have underperformed the market and um, they could be the next uh, stocks to really move higher here. So I'm watching those. I'm trying to get a buy list together for myself and I'll share that with you guys on the next episode. So take care and uh, happy investing out there and I'll catch you guys in the next one. Thank you for stopping by here on Let It Grow Investing. Please make sure to like, subscribe, and share to build a community of like-minded investors. If you do have questions for me or for the group, you can find us over there on Let It Grow Investing podcast on Facebook. This is not professional financial advice. I am not a professional financial advisor. Please make sure to do all your own research before investing in any security. I do have links in the description to help get you started on E-Trade, Webull, Crypto.com, and Binance. And a friendly reminder that a goal without a plan is just a dream. So go ahead and build your plan, uh, design your portfolio, and stick to it. Thanks for stopping by. I will catch you guys in the next one.